welcome to episode 146 of the Two Guys, a Glove, and a Coke Bottle podcast. He's Thomas Todd. He's Andy Zarchi. And we're Giants fans. And uh, happy August, Thomas. It was not August last time we recorded. And it won't be for long. <laughs> this is our... Uh, did you know that August is the only month of the year when there are no federal holidays? I and, did uh, know that. And I guess we decided to follow suit and barely have an episode this month. So here we go. We're basically the federal government. To our credit, a lot of people are on vacation this month. To our credit, nobody would have listened anyway. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No, people listen to podcasts on their vacation. It's one of the ways they count down the hours till their inevitable plane flight. Okay, fair enough. Uh, well, so we're joining you today on a, what's actually a pretty nice milestone, and the Giants have hit 80 wins, the first team in the league to hit 80 wins. Um, the Giants are still in first place. The Giants have, still have the best record in the in the league, as you would imagine, as the only team to hit 80 wins. Um, how have, how's the last month of baseball been for you, buddy? I mean, it's been great, but it's also been absolutely petrifying. We've talked about on this show how, despite the Giants being in the division lead for many months now, I get the feeling we're being hunted. Right. Absolutely. And watching the Dodgers win 13 of 14, now 13 of 15, because they lost today. Finally, the Mets showed up in a game against the Dodgers. Uh, so the Giants can keep winning series. And still losing ground in the standings because the Dodgers have been so red hot. So just to put some stats behind that, the Giants were in second place or were were in third or second place for most of April. They uh, were tied um, at the end of April for the league for the uh, division lead and went up at the very end of April. And since then, they haven't given it up. Um, they it, they did tie with the Dodgers on May twenty first, but other than that. And they did, they dipped below uh, down to second and, and even third place for a little bit. But basically most of May and then ever since the end of May, they have not given up the lead. But it's just no matter how much the Giants win, you know, like like you're saying, the, the Dodgers are relentless. The Giants have gone 15 and five, 15 and five in August. And guess what? We lost ground. Yeah, it's absolutely wild. Um, the last time we spoke, last time we podcasted was before the trade deadline. So we have to acknowledge Trey Turner and Max right. Scherzer being Dodgers, Chris Bryant being a giant. I just feel like the arms race was not won by us and that we are the prey and they are the predator. And I guess that makes the San Diego Padres plankton. The San Diego Padres, who, if you haven't checked, are double-digit games out of first in the NL West now, and not even a wild card. The Reds um, have overtaken them, and all I have in the notes here for you is LOL. LOL. My God. Like, does that count as being snake bit, or do you have? Do, do the D-backs have to be good for a team to be snake bit? Oh, no. You can be bit by tiny, harmless snakes, but if there's thousands of them... Yeah, so uh, so just again, um, the Giants started August up three in the NL West, and after going fifteen and five, they are up two and a half. It's ridiculous. They <laughs> peaked at five. When it was at five, I was starting to feel pretty, oh so pretty, and then it just started to pretty good. But you just you ended the sentence after pretty. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I was curating some West Side Story trivia earlier, okay. and so I have Maria's song stuck in my head but at five yeah. i felt pretty good and then see i, I would say at four the, at four i started feeling pretty witty and gay you know five I'm five gonna, was just the icing on the cake 
Can, can I call the New York Mets the team of my youth? Because the first baseball game I ever attended was as an infant dressed as basically like uh, I looked like Mr. Met because I have a giant white head <laughs> and Mets colors and a Mets outfit on. So sure, I'll call so, them the team of my youth. And they so completely those, let yeah. me down. So to those who don't know, Thomas's dad, Tommy Todd III, uh, lives in New York. Thomas has spent a lot of time there as a kid, a lot of Mets games. Um, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Trying to get them to beat the damn Dodgers. And they finally did today, thankfully. Uh, but to get swept by the Dodgers and then to, to eke out a win against the Giants, what they, you didn't deserve it. You didn't need it. Give <laughs> up, Mets. You're done. I just, I can't take it anymore, Danny. Yeah, that that win was the twelfth, uh, the twelve inning one. They ended up winning six to two, when the Giants should have closed it out a few times. Um, Rob Manfred, but, do your job. If you're going to screw up extra inning games, make sure they don't go to twelve innings. Like, yeah. wasn't the whole point of this that the games aren't supposed to go twelve innings anymore? You did it wrong. Every inning after the eleventh, you pull a defender. That's what I say. Oh, hockey rules. Yeah. <laughs> more like co-ed softball rules like <laughs> every every inning after the 11th you put in a hockey player oh. <laughs> um okay so so uh the giants today uh they won against the a's on um once again well I, let's go back to the beginning of this this series um Gi- the a's won the first game handily the giants looked terrible um in saturday's game the giants uh, the Giants and the A's uh, go back and forth with some homers. And then uh, Lamont Wade Jr. comes up when the Giants are down by one with a pinch hit, hits a two-run pinch hit homer in the ninth. The Giants end up winning 6-5. to five. Then in today's game, um, Logan Webb pitches well, but the A's still go on, are, are still leading. Uh, Donovan Solano comes in to pinch hit for Lamont Wade. Another pinch hit homer. Two run, uh, two run pinch at homer in the eighth. The Giants end up winning. Um, on the broadcast, uh, Kuiper, which we'll address later, mentioned that this is the first time I believe in recorded history, recorded baseball history, that the, that a team won two, a team won back to back games with pinch hit homers in the eighth inning or later. It's a very specific statistic, but it goes to Kuiper's point, which he makes almost every day, is that the reason you watch a baseball game is because something different is going to happen every day. Yeah. And today that was the thing that was different. The Giants are set up for this because the bench is deep. The guys are getting healthy again. There's not a bad bat coming off the bench other than I'd still argue Kirk Casale, but that's your backup catcher. That's bound to happen. So Kapler has all of these weapons and he's deploying them right now with such skill to throw weight out there, knowing they did not have a left-handed pitcher available in the pen or warmed up in the pen was just brilliant. He's like, you don't have a lefty ready. Great. Here's Lamont Wade jr. Bang over your head game. The, the thing about it also is that it's not just that they, have all these great bats coming off the bench. It's that he, they have great bats. They have guys who he knows are going to do well, put into a position where they're going, uh, where they're put in a position to succeed. And so it's always with the platoon advantage, um, and, you know, and you see that it's, it's kind of ruthless. It's kind of cold, but he'll pinch hit for anybody um, to get that advantage. And particular, I mean, pinch hitting for Wade, who was, the hero from last night at, and saying tonight, you know, hey, we're going to put in Donovan Solano, who won, 
has not had nearly as good of a season as Wade. Um, and two is not a particularly, you know, power hitter. Um, and just saying, look, you know, they've got, uh, they've got a ready, uh, they've got a lefty throwing and this is our best option off the bench. Um, and kind of the, you know, the humility that all the players are playing with it's, it's been really great. And, they're all coming off the bench, um, knowing, you know, coming with this tremendous confidence and knowing that they are in a position to succeed. It's real tough to be humble when you're 80 and 44. Yeah, that's 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 some strength there from the Giants players. Yeah. What what valor, what courage they have to be to be humble in their pursuit of 105 wins. Well, I mean, you're not wrong, but at the same time, it's like these guys are all professionals. They're all playing for contracts. They're all playing for glory, you know, and what you want is this, you know, you want the chemistry that winning can build where everyone's happy to take a day off or, you know, even guys like Brandon Crawford and Chris Bryant are taking day and, and Longoria are taking days off. And, um, you know, like, I mean, it, it's kind of the, the Andre Iguodala thing, you know, a guy who'd been a, starter his entire career uh, was convinced, you know, Hey, if you take this role off the bench, then, then uh, you know, we can achieve something even greater and it ended up working. And that's kind of what we're doing here. And just to address your point, Mr. Smartass, Kurt Casale in the last 30 games is batting 318 with a 1008 OPS. So yeah. Yeah. But Danny, all those other games before that happened. No, <laughs> I'm not convinced that they did. You mean when he batted 104 with a 369 OPS? For a significant portion of the baseball season. Uh, I will point this out. I just ran some. He was some hurt or something. Oh, okay. I just ran some math. If the Giants go 500 for the rest of the season, they finish with 99 wins. So an over 500 performance. This will be the first 100 win Giants team since. Uh, yeah. Ought to. And. It's it's just I mean I know we say this every every episode but it's just crazy how they're doing it you know Lamont well, especially, Junior, especially because we guy, didn't expect it it's not that it's crazy that they're doing it because it kind of makes sense with the way guys are performing but we didn't expect any of these performances right but I mean you also have guys who are literal castoffs you have guys like Lamont Wade Jr. who you know we traded Sean Anderson for him and Sean Anderson would not have made this major league team. And he was doing nothing in Minnesota and he comes here and he's playing great. You know, Darren Ruff was in, was playing in Korea and then, you know, which no offense to the KBO, but people, but he wasn't, didn't probably didn't have a very good job offer in the U S if that's what he ended up doing. Um, And it's just incredible. Um, And to that end, I have a trivia question for you because this whole thing is, Farhan Zaidi's wheeling and dealing and taking players who uh, who he sees as assets and giving them a shot. And then ultimately, you know, probably if they hit, they hit. And if they don't, then we never hear from them again. And so I want to ask you about some of these names. But before you do, can I just clarify it? The Giants won 100 games in 2003. Okay, the wire to wire season. Yeah, the wire to wire. In 2002, they won 95 games. So I was, okay. I was a year off. So before we get into trivia i wanted to make sure that i wasn't already wrong about something which i was (laughs) all right so uh between 2019 which is when zaidi became the president of baseball operations for the giants and 2021 
there have been 24 players, position players who uh, who have played, who have batted fewer than 100 plate appearances for the Giants. Um, what what do you want me to name? 24 players? No, I just want to see how many of them you can remember. Oh, okay. Some of these are giant are 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 people who legitimately had a job and played decently well, um, and weren't just you know cast off because um, because they you know that they were hired off the couch and didn't pan out. Um, and some of them were actually prospects who came up, but. Uh, but I, I didn't filter those out. Um, but All I just right. want to see Z- how many of them Z- Z- Xavier Nady. Uh, no, I think that's the wrong year. Xavier Nady hasn't played in, in the major since 2014. I know, but that was our, that was our peak podcasting time when we were really yeah. drilling down into the minutia, like you're about to do with me right now. <laughs> Xavier Nady was, uh, on the giants in 2012. I can so guarantee got a ring. you, I can guarantee you we have an episode called x gonna give it to you i'm sure that we do <laughs> all right uh, is now, now when i start rattling these off or are you gonna yeah. read them to me and no no, no. Rattle, remember them rattle, or not rattle them off please mike talkman <laughs> no actually talk over over 100 at bats uh let's see why did he not show up on my list talkman had 175 plate appearances oh my goodness um danny i'm not gonna be able to get any of these. Oh, this is the point. Uh, Con- Connor Joe. Connor Joe, exactly. <laughs> Currently in the majors. Um, the other guy was Michael. The other guy who started on opening day it was Michael. Yeah. I don't know his last yeah. name. <laughs> Michael what Reed. What was it? Reed. Oh my god. Yeah. I just remember that starting outfield and being like, I who? don't think this team's going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've seen these other baseball teams and they have outfielders that I've heard of. I hear it's a pretty important position. Um, okay. You, do you give up already? Oh, I absolutely give up. All right. Um, let's see. So Michael Reed, um, Abiatel Avellino, who don't, don't remember that person. Uh, so he was a prospect that the giants tr- uh, got that they when they traded McCutcheon to the Yankees. So he was actually like, he wasn't just a, a couch guy, um, but he, he had eight plate appearances for the giants in 2019. They got him off a love seat. <laughs> uh, number three, Zach Green. Sure. Uh, 16 plate appearances. Um, Connor Joe, 16 plate appearances. Um, Corbin Joseph. Not a person. No memory of this person. Uh, credit as an infielder. Um, Chris Shaw, who we know. Yes. Uh, Giants outfield prospect, for, former. Um, Christian Adames. Christian oh. with two H's. Where? <laughs> the second one is after the T. Oh. Yeah. So it's it, it's spelled Christian, but I'm guessing it's Christian. Um, yeah. Christian Adames, 24 plate play, appearances. Um, Mike Gerber, the Gerber baby. Nope. Do you remember him? 26 nope. plate appearances. Um, Eric going. Kratz, backup catcher, 36 plate yes. appearances. So he was, you know, and see, that's he's one where I don't consider him, you know, part of this group. But um, Aramis Garcia, also don't consider him part of the group um, because he's another backup catcher. Um, Jalen Davis, outfield prospect again, um, and still, still a prospect for the Giants. Um, Joey Ricard or Joey Rickard? Sure. Sure. 
he was one of the few that was on the team for multiple seasons. I didn't, I didn't record his memory in my mind. I don't know. There's a horrible pun in there somewhere. 54 played appearances. Uh, Mac Williamson, uh, 57 played appearances. We know him. Uh, Scooter Jeanette, 67 played appearances. Can you tell me what Scooter's real name is? Michael. Ryan. Ryan Joseph mm. Gannett or Jeanette. Why, why do you say his name differently when you change his first name? <laughs> uh, Jan Hervis Solarte. He was a veteran. I, I do. I do remember that guy. Uh, 78 played appearances. And Gerardo Parra. Yes. Another veteran. Never, never, any, never any good for us. 97 played appearances. Batted 198 with a five, uh, 546 OPS. All right, Danny, now that you've put our entire audience to sleep with a forensic That's just 2019. Of... Oh, we're not done? Uh, just, I'll skip through, I'll, I'll go through the other ones uh, uh, quickly, um, but some from 2020. Uh, Justin Smoke, do you remember him on the Giants? No. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, a pandemic. It was a pandemic. Um, Senator Joe McCarthy. Sure. Um not not actually the senator, but a guy named Joe McCarthy. Um, Luis Alexander Basabe. Yep, no, no memory of this. Um, uh, Daniel Robertson, who I believe was an infielder. That sounds like I thought he was a pitcher. No, these are all position players. I'm not even talking about the pitchers. Um, Tyler Heineman, backup catcher. Um, all right, and then 2021, um, and I'm not including Tyro Estrada, who's you know good and in the minors, and Jason Vossler, who's in the minors. Um, wow. Uh, but the, the only one on this list is Sky Bolt. Remember Sky Bolt? Not even a little bit. So anyway. Um, I watch all of these games. Yes. Like too. all of them. <laughs> me too. Like I read, the New York, I, re- I read the New Yorker during some of them. Like, you know, it happens. But like I watch these games and I don't know who any of these people are. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's just, it's incredible because... I mean, without the without the sky's bolt of the world, you don't get the you know the Darren Ruffs. I don't know if the, that's the, true. The Darren's rough. Speaking of no memory, by the way. Um, so one of the one of the deadline deals that they made was uh, trading for Tony Watson. I have mm-hmm. no specific memories of Tony Watson. Like I know the name. I'm sure I watched him a lot. Um, I I kind of remember that he was left-handed. I have no memory of Tony Watson. He goes to Thanksgiving and his parents are like, um, your, um, <laughs> Sean scooter, scooter, <laughs> Ryan, uh, you really buried the lead though, Danny. And I'm disappointed in you because I put it right there in the notes. The giants win the bridge Tom Pellack Memorial trophy. And they're going to win again. When I rename the trophy, something that doesn't suck. Okay, no, let's not say that. The the, the hang on, the Tom Pelak is getting all of the love. Tom Pelak is going to be in this new trophy name. Okay, I don't understand. Why his name is wedged between the words bridge and trophy. Yeah, no, okay, you're right. That it's a it's a poor name. Giants win the Tom Pelak Memorial Bridge Trophy. Also, why so. is it why bridge and not Bay Bridge? Didn't it used to be called the Bay Bridge Trophy? The whole point is that there are several bridges in the Bay Area. I don't know if people are aware of this. Some of them, and they all go to different places. And the one that goes between Oakland and San Francisco is called the Bay Bridge. Therefore, the joke was that 
This is the Bay Bridge Trophy, just like they call it the Bay Bridge Series. If you just call That's it like, the Bridge Trophy, then what's the point? Is it the Bridge School? Is this how people are like, oh, yeah, Joey Bart, the Bay Area. I get it. Bart, and you're there. Bridge, and you're there. <laughs> I just, no, yeah, I agree. Tom, Tom, Tom Palak is not my issue with it. He, his name should go first. It's the Tom Palak Memorial Bridge Trophy. Right. It's a That's memorial trophy things. made of a it's a memorial trophy made of a bridge. Yes. No, I, I completely agree. It's it's now, the, the order of the name is wrong. Now, how would you give out the trophy? What would the parameters be if you were creating this out of whole cloth? If you and I were the marketing department for the A's and the Giants, obviously. Which, the which, A's, let's be clear, we are. You're a bigger fan of the A's than I am. So you're going to be in the A's. I'm going to be in the Giants uh, <laughs> okay. PR department. How would you arrange, what, what would the stakes be for this trophy? What would the presentation be? What would the, what would the setup be for you? Um, well, I think they should set up a, a, a dais on the Bay Bridge and stop traffic um, while they do the presentation. I think, that's the, I think that's the proper way to honor it. Okay, well, if you're not taking this seriously, I'm going to. Um, <laughs> why in heck do they give this thing away at every Bay Bridge series? Can't they do at the end of the Giants A's playing each other at the end of their matchups? Can't they then total up the wins and losses and give it away so we don't have to do this every single series? I thought they did do that. I thought the point was that this was the season series. No, they give it away for each series. Oh, that's so dumb. Isn't it? And if I'm wrong about this, I apologize to our listeners, but that is what I have come to understand. And I think that is messed up. Danny's going to look it up now. While yeah, I'm, I'm doing some quick research. I'm changing the trophy name. Uh, and then what are the stakes? We need to put, what is San Francisco needs to put some, some bread bowls on the line and Oakland needs to put up some, <laughs> some barbecue. Like what does uh, Oakland need to put up? Yeah. Get, you know, get Bake Sale Betty to make some, make some food and send it over to San Francisco. <laughs> send over some regional micro brews, you know, <laughs> What is Oakland known for food-wise? I feel like they're known for having just lots of different kinds of food. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the Bay Area. What is the Bay Area known for? I mean, like, they're known for having that, Well, like, San Francisco, you can at least say, you know, the, the sourdough bread bowls or a crab um, sandwich. But, you know, you don't associate Oakland with a crab sandwich. Wow, you're, you're really bad at being the A's PR department, Danny. You're uh, just like the A's PR department. Yeah, I'm channeling the actual A's PR department. I don't know. The, the A's PR department for the last several years has just been shitting on the Giants. And then the Giants have been like ignoring the A's. And that's that's the dynamic. Yeah. Um, well, all, all while winning a lot more than the Giants. Okay, this, this article on Yahoo makes it seem like it's the season series. Okay, well, then I, I'm happy to be wrong. But, but if but I because, grew up and... If the A's had won today, they would have tied the series. Yeah, and then what happens? They split it. You you break <laughs> up the Tom Palak Memorial Bridge Trophy? Please, the Bridge Tom Palak Memorial Trophy. I, I thought, I like how you thought that when I demanded to change to the name, you thought I was throwing out the man we were memorializing. I, that's you I think mean. I'm... You that's think what, I'm that bad of a person? Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Yeah, let's oh. name it after a fictional character no one cares about. Let's put let's make it the Bilbo Baggins Bridge Trophy. Oh man, uh, I was having a conversation recently about Lord of the Rings, and uh, I, I I need to get your your thoughts. Have you read it first of all? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, then never mind. You're useless. And I'm, for no, this I'm not. A, I'm not a fan of the films either. 
you didn't even have to mention that, but now you just, you know, made even more people dislike you. Well, you can be the token white guy then, and I will be the person who prefers, sadly, Harry Potter. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm the what? The Tolkien white guy? Yes. <laughs> All right, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, it, it's, it seems like it's the season series. That would be so dumb if they gave it after every... I'm going to choose to believe they're not that stupid. Um, anyway, so uh, the other giant lead that we buried here, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's on the Giants. And he's really good. He's really good. So the, the Giants ended up, you know, there were all these rumors about what they'd have to give up um, in a trade with the Cubs. Um, names like Joey Bart and Elliot Ramos and Marco Luciano all kind of were floating around. And uh, the Giants ended up trading two guys I had not heard of and can't remember. Um, and they got Chris Bryant for this, for the end of the season. He's a free agent next year. Um, I love it. Uh, and I think they're going to re-sign him for a long-term deal. And I would love it if they do so. And uh, he's real good. And I love having him on the team. It's really great because he can play anywhere, man. Like yeah. the outfield and third base. It's so great for what the Giants are looking for, considering the outfield's always been kind of a, it's been a successful season for the outfield, but no one has really solidified a position where they have to be every single day. Guys can move around. Guys can platoon advantage off the bench. So it's really great that even when Longoria is back and healthy, that their best lineup can still have uh, Longoria, Crawford, Bryant, Posey, Belt uh, as part of it. Like that's and Yaz if he picks it up a little bit uh, as part of the core of their lineup. And actually, that's almost the whole lineup. So uh, really, really excited to have Chris Bryant in town. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's kind of the perfect player for Zaidi Ball because they love, as we were just talking about, they love making these pinch hit choices. They love um, they love playing the matchups and then they can play the matchups, but then kind of shuffle everybody around and still know that they're going to have a good defense out there. You know, they don't have to do a one for one where they only pinch hit an outfielder for an outfielder or something like that, because they know, you know, you can put, you can pinch hit rough for, I don't know, Slater. Well, no, that's a bad example. You can pinch hit rough for Wilmer Flores or something like that. And you know, that's eventually that there's going to be a way they can move everyone around so that, um, so that everybody's still in, I don't even want to say their primary position because there's kind of no such thing, but in a position where they're very comfortable and competent. Yeah, and, and you Fl- see, Flores's flexibility yeah. helps that too. And you just see all these games where, um, I mean, Yastrzemski and Slater and Bryant all are all good at playing center. I mean, and they say Wade could play center, although I don't think we've seen that yet. Um, and obviously, Wade and Ruff uh, are both outfielders and first basemen. It's just it's incredible, and and Bryant kind of fits that mold perfectly, better than any of the other guys who, you know, might have been potential trade targets. And he's, you know, local-ish. And I I don't know. I, I love the guy. Every interview he's given, and I know that they're just interviews, so of course they're going to say the right thing. But he says the right thing, damn it, which is just talking about how much he loves to be here. He always thought he'd end up on the Giants. You know, he's from Vegas and grew up a Barry Bonds fan and just likes hitting in San Francisco and likes the team and likes Kapler. And um, I think they're going to – I think I think he's great. I think he fits in great, and I think he's going to be here for a long time. He's absolutely nothing like Hunter Pence. 
but it's like when we got Hunter Pence in 2012. It's just a good feeling, good vibe, successful season. It's just coming off a couple of less than successful seasons. Whereas 2012, we just won the World Series two years prior. We went through the Buster Posey injury in 2011. So the circumstances were a little bit different. But as far as the winning, as far as the culture, as far as the guy being a perfect fit, it really does feel like the Hunter Pence trade. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I mean, there's so much money coming off the books, too, for the Giants that they're going to have the money to sign him and they're going to sign into a massive deal and he's going to be worth it. We'll mention uh, two for 32 for Crawford in the next two seasons, hoping that yes. he can retire a giant or uh, come close to retiring as a giant. We're pretty we're pretty in range of that happening now, which is excellent for, uh, you know, our hearts our hearts. And also it just makes sense. You know, like the giants don't really have a hot shortstop prospect other than Marco Luciano. And he's still at, you know, best case scenario, more than a year away. If not, if not more than that, um, I think he's still a teenager actually. Um, and there just really isn't, isn't anyone else that they're, that they even care about um, clearing a space for. Yeah. Marco Luciano is 19 years old. He's about to turn 20. Uh, in two weeks. But um, I mean, that on top of the fact that Crawford's playing the best he's ever played at age 34. And let me tell you, there are a lot of things I'm doing worse than I used to at age, now that I'm 34. So, you know, it works out well. It works. Uh, it works out because we want him to be here because we love him and he's, you know, our hearts, like you said, but also it just makes perfect sense because he's going to keep playing like a stud and, and he's a good bridge you know, the, the, the bridge, Brandon Crawford. Um, I can't really even turn this into a joke, but uh, <laughs> uh, he's going to be a good bridge to kind of whatever comes next. What, which one though, which town is he going to take you to? I know there's multiple bridges in, in the Bay Area. <laughs> well, I'm glad I was able to explain that to you. If, if Luciano struggles, then he could be the San Mateo bridge, a nice long rolling bridge that kind of goes wherever i forget where it even goes san mateo i guess yeah san mateo is where it goes it's been a long time since i've been on san mateo bridge i just remember it's freaking long it is long but that's the one that's like really close to the water and is is pretty smells terrible but it's very pretty it terrified Um, my mother my mother hated going over that because she did not like being so close to the water oh without like a wall yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i never mind no i like it um, and just just checking in on on Brandon Watch 2021 um, coming into today, Brandon was batting 300, 367, 532. That's an 899 OPS. Um, he's at sitting at 19 homers and got his tenth steal of the day today. Uh, ten, ten, um, which who who? I mean, uh, all right. There are a lot of things that were surprising this season. Who would have thought career high in steals? Not not I. I not mean, he's He's always been a crafty base runner. You know, he's always had a little bit of speed and then he's just really figured out pitchers moves. You know, he's been around the game long enough and his, his legs haven't betrayed him. He's in great shape and 10 bases. Yeah. And, and he got his third, he, he got his 10th steal on a steal of third. And, and four incredible. kids. He's prodigious. <laughs> um, all right. So a bunch of good games. Um, that's your analysis of the season. <laughs> it was a bunch of good games. Well struck. Well, chat. it's been a month since we talked, so there's a lot we could go through. I could go through we don't every, have to do every game again. 
Um, looking forward, uh, Johnny Cueto is coming off the IL on Wednesday. Um, Longoria is in COVID protocols. Um, and Anthony Disclafani, don't call him Disco Stu, uh, injured his ankle covering first in his most recent start. Um, according to our friend Alex Pavlovich, the Giants' likely rotation going into New York is going to be Sammy Long, Cueto, and Alex Wood. Um, are you worried at all about Alex Wood? It seems like he's had a bunch of games where he pitches well and then completely collapses in like the fifth or sixth or seventh inning, like faster than the speed of light. I'm not worried about that because we're entering what I call the bochi zone, which is kind of like the no spin zone, like the no BS zone, where you get to the part of the season where you're not taking chances by putting a guy through the lineup the third time you're starting to play something that looks a lot closer to playoff baseball, where if you get five good innings out of a pitcher and in the sixth inning, he gives up two straight hits, he's gone. You know, we're getting to that part of the season. So I don't worry too much about Alex Wood and he might not even start a playoff game in a series for the giants. So um, he's doing a great job holding steady eating innings and, and pitching pretty well. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about Alex Wood. I will be seeing uh, Cueto and Wood in person at city field Wednesday and Thursday. That's very exciting. Um, so um, assuming that Duscofani is, is healthy and Cueto is healthy, where does, Ro- where does Wood rank for you in terms of your confidence in the starters? He's uh, a 4A and 4B, him and Cueto. So you would put uh, Gossman, obviously, Duscofani and Webb all ahead of those guys? Yes, and I would have it uh, – right now I would have it Webb, Gossman, and Duscofani. You would put Webb ahead of Gossman. If, if the playoffs started tomorrow, yes, he's been fantastic. He has been fantastic, but he's a young pitcher. I mean, and young pitchers get exposed. Bumgarner didn't. Do you, I mean, do you not remember the 2012 playoffs very well? Because I do. Do you remember when Barry Zito started ahead of him? We all decided that was a good idea. Right. And in this case, uh, Gossman is Barry Zito. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. Anyway, I don't think that makes sense, but I'm kind of too tired from, you know, air travel to think about it. Um, let's talk about something good. Dwayne Kuyper was back this weekend. Hey, yay. Uh, so Dwayne Kuyper, um, I, I wasn't able to watch all of the games. Did they discuss, you know, him coming back or his health or any of that? Or was it just, he's back and everything's back to normal? I the way I interact with the game is I turn it on, I fast forward to first pitch, and I just enjoy whoever the heck is announcing. And if I hear Dwayne Kuyper's voice, I am ecstatic. Yeah. Um, the only thing, the only thing I will say, it's weird to bring him back when Kruko's not on, or when Kruko's on assignment. That was an odd choice. But I guess they don't get to be choosy when you're dealing with health problems of two guys that are approaching seventy or seventy. I think they're in their 70s. I think I looked it up, and I think Kuiper's like 68 or 69. I think Kruko's a little bit older. But I have a question for you. Yes. See, you so, haven't asked me any trivia questions. It's not a trivia question. This is a this is a power ranking. Question. Okay. I love power rankings. Uh, we all we love. I love power rankings. Oh, glorious power rankings when they're not the reverse order of the standings. Um, set aside Kruk and Kuiper. Set aside uh, Fleming and Miller. How do you rank the Giants' broadcast choices? I'm going to give you a non-exhaustive list. Lopez, 
Estes, Snow, Wynn, and because I love comedy, Affeld. <laughs> Rank um, those one, one through five okay. off the top of your head. I don't think I actually watched any Affeld games. And I have certainly not watched any Randy Wynn games because I think he's only done radio, right? Uh, I believe he's done both. I've mostly heard him on the radio. Um, so I'm going to set those two guys aside. Uh, Javi, number one. He's been very good. Um, I think Sean Estes, number two. He's been good. And then I think the least favorite is JT Snow. Okay. Well, we're similar. I have Snow above Estes, but that's just a personal preference. Um, I'm not a big, not a big Estes guy. I think he does fine in the studio, but I'm not a big fan of him on the telecast. I did want to give a special shout out though, to someone I have known kind of for 20 years. And that's Doug Greenwald. I tuned in to a radio game the other day because, uh, the, the, the Mets were in San Francisco, which means I cannot access, uh, the game because of blackout restrictions. So I can only hear the radio version of the telecast. So I got to listen uh, to Doug Greenwald and Randy Wynn and Doug is a huge nerd and a fantastic guy. And he was in single a in Modesto when I was there working for the team. And then he was there in triple a when you and I went to visit the day Barry Zito like fell off the mound. Oh, hurt himself. Yeah. Uh, D- Doug Greenwald was there that day. And that's the last time I saw Doug. Uh, Doug I Greenwald his- is, of course, the son of the legendary broadcaster Hank Greenwald. He's his own guy, Dan. Just because he did his dad's job, don't give him the Joe Buck treatment. Joe Buck has done just fine for himself. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so has Doug Greenwald. So I want to give will... a shout out. He, a shout out to Doug because he got to do some some duty for the big league club, and he's got a great voice, and he's a good dude. So. I'm just saying for the older audience, you know, my parents, the McCarver, the McCarvers <laughs> out there. Uh, um, Hank, uh, yeah, Hank Greenwald was. This is his son. He's doing well. Good job, Doug. Come on the pro- come on the podcast. Yeah, we'll I'm sure you've got he- lots of free time these days. We got plenty of stories to talk about the early 2000s. And I'll sit here listening to Nickelback, or I don't know. I don't. I I can't pull up music by certain eras fast enough for this joke. Yeah, that's my job. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to talk about that I included in the notes. Did you see Alex Pavlovich's tweet about attendance? Actually, sorry, I'm going to scale that back. Did you see the backlash to Alex Pavlovich's tweet about attendance? I didn't, and I was just looking through his feed to try to find it. When was this? Uh, it was last week. I can't pinpoint the day, but he talked about how, oh, man, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess this up now. But he talked about, he basically took a shot a sidelong glance uh, across the bow of Giants fans for not showing up to games. And I think he was mostly just making a point that the team was in first place. They had more wins than anyone in the National League and and Major League Baseball. And the attendance was still, insert blah, number here. And he got a lot of crap for it from people we know online, from people we don't know online. Uh, And I just wanted to know uh, what your thoughts were, but I guess you didn't see it, so. No, um, I think people should go to the game. Um, but also, I think that people uh, are rightfully worried about the Delta variant and that if teams haven't readjusted their COVID protocols um, to, you know, uh, from what I'm guessing is mostly, hey, we're all vaccinated to wait a minute, there's once again an actual danger, then I think that th- this is what they're going to see. I mean, my 
parents are huge fans. And I know that they specifically didn't go to games that they had been planning on going to because they were worried about Delta. Um, so uh, I fully understand anybody who doesn't want to go to a game right now. And I think that uh, I think that the Giants, including other teams, should uh, consider maybe reimposing some more, you know, reimposing the distancing guidelines and get people in there safely. I think the problem is that Bay Area people specifically, and, and there's other pockets of these people around the country, I'm not completely isolating them. They're very careful. They're very cautious. They see public health guidelines and for the most part, follow them. They also are willing to do trade-offs for their own safety because they <laughs> apparently are able to see things a little bit differently than the rest of the country. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not going to say I'm going to lean towards good, but you see other ballparks and they're jam-packed. You know, you see places in the Midwest, East Coast uh, have full ballparks and it's hard to have see your team win 80 games out of 122 and just be awesome and then see empty seats out there and then get an email from the Giants saying, we want you to come to this game so bad. Here are $8 tickets to a first place team who spends $200 million a year on payroll come see us, please. It's it's disheartening to get those emails and also to not be able to buy those tickets for $8 and go because I'm stuck 3,000 miles away. Yeah. But I totally understand why they don't go. And it's probably smart of them not to go. If they're worried at all about anything, don't go. Don't make that trade-off. So Pavs shouldn't have sent the tweet, especially without any context for what was happening in the Bay Area and other places. Um but it, I will say it is disconcerting to see mostly empty stadium as a first place team. Yeah. And I mean, for sure. And, and I, what that makes me think of, first of all, and I don't mean this as a dig is the A's. The A's have been having a lot of really good seasons recently and they can get nobody in the stands except Giants fans. Apparently um, there, were, uh, there were a lot of people, there are a lot of A's and Giants fans at this series, but you know, for years, the A's have been pretty good or even really good and nobody comes to the games. So um, obviously that well before pandemic times. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's too bad that they're not getting all these people, but, um, but we know that it's not kind of indicative of the fan base in general, because the giants, you know, had, had their sellout streak that, I mean, which included non-playoff seasons, um, I mean, the fans are great and the fans turn out. And I think I think it has to be more like something like people are worried about their health and not, you know, a lack of uh, fervor for the team. Yeah, I really genuinely hope that's the case. I hope that when and if things return to normal, that it goes back to the pumped sellout crowd. And I'm not looking to fill the stadium because I want the San Francisco Giants to make money. I'm not like, well, I, I need them to recoup all of their things so they can put money into the players on the field or they can make all of these uh, older white gentlemen money. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I just enjoy having one of the better fan bases in baseball. I'm not going to say the best fans in baseball because obviously that's the same with Cardinals. Uh, capital as Joe, BFIB. As, as Joe Buck would tell you gladly, and he does. Um but I enjoy being one of the better fan bases and having that fictional sellout streak that we had uh, where teams didn't sell out, but we did a good job anyway. Um, a lot of Joe Buck just, on this episode. You know, he's all over baseball. He just, 
it's, it's almost Joe Buck season because it's going to be football and MLB playoffs. So it's, it's coming up sooner than you. Yeah. So, okay. Let me ask you this. Uh, Brandon Crawford, very good at baseball, great hair has started getting MVP chance and the numbers don't back up him as the MVP, but they back up that he's having a fantastic season. Do you do you think there's any chance he wins MVP? There is a 0% chance that he wins MVP. Because we live in a world that where Fernando Tatis exists? I imagine if Tatis got hurt tomorrow and again. didn't play the rest of the season, yeah, got hurt again tomorrow, I believe it's his shoulder he's having issues with, um, then I could see someone else winning. Uh, and, and also, I think he's going to be hurt by the Padres being 13 games out of first place right now. But with with Crawford being eighth in wins above replacement in the National League on, on fan graphs, not exactly being a household name, I don't think he really has a chance to win. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, which also is uh, sad. But um, let's see. I was who, just who's, gonna... who's your NL MVP? Is it Tatis for you? I mean, it probably is. Um, Tatis and Otani? Tatis and Otani, yeah. I mean, I feel like you can't get away from Otani just because he's doing he's doing on, on both sides of the ball, as they'd say. You actually can't get away from him because everywhere you turn, he's there. Yeah. Um, I was just going to check what, what uh, Baseball Reference has for wins above replacement, but for some reason my computer is not showing that to me. Yeah, uh, the, the, guy, the guys above Crawford, though, you've got Bryce Harper, uh, you've got Juan Soto, who probably won't win because his team is falling apart. Stinks. Uh, Cronenworth and Tatis, uh, Brian Reynolds, which we have to acknowledge as a former <sighs> Giants player who's now apparently a superstar. Hey, we uh, turned Max- Brian Reynolds into Abiato Evelino, okay? That was a lot of syllables I didn't understand in that order. Uh yeah, we should perhaps not have traded Brian Brian Reynolds. He's pretty good. I saw him play. I went to a doubleheader in Pittsburgh uh, last weekend and saw him play uh, against the Milwaukee Brewers, and uh, he's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, so Baseball Reference has Crawford fifth um, among um, fifth at wins above replacement, behind Muncie, Tatis, Soto, and Cronenworth. Yeah, he's behind all those players on Fangraphs too. Um, I mean, I don't think Muncie's going to win because he's not really flashy enough. Like, I, I, I think that if he and Tatis end up end the season with kind of roughly equivalent wins above replacement, which is where they are now, that it would probably go to Tatis. Um, yeah, but Tatis has the stolen bases. He's got more home runs and fewer plate appearances. I guess he doesn't walk as much as Muncie, but um overall just outshines him in every category i do wonder well but have you heard that that tatis is going to be uh an outfielder now because they want to try to prevent him from getting hurt right i don't think that affects the mvp votes he'll get he'll get more mvp votes because he's a team player he'll play a different position to preserve his body (laughs) or because he's you know more valuable uh being able to play multiple positions he even played center field which is funny uh, he's mostly played right, but he had one game in center. I'm not laughing. I can see you on camera. You are laughing. Liar. <laughs> um, well, I think I think Crawford should. Uh, it's just too bad because like he's not. Um, Crawford isn't really in line for the silver slugger even because again Tatis exists. 
Um, Unless they disqualify him for not, if he stays in the outfield the rest of the season, that may be the case. I mean, he's no, uh, what is it, Rafi Palmero. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see, I, I'm sure he'll get some MVP votes. I'd love to see him in consideration. Um, he'll, he'll, fit, he'll get he'll get some top five votes. I don't know how many number one votes he'll get. Maybe a handful, but you're getting my MVP vote right now, Danny. That's what's happening. I have one question so. before we talk about the upcoming schedule because I yes. wanted to reference this back to attendance. What is the four one five? No clue. <laughs> what is it supposed to be? What do they want it to be? Four one five is they the want uh, me to... four one five is the area code for San Francisco. Why, thank you, Danny, for mansplaining <laughs> area codes to me. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a fan thing, I guess. And it's just a way, I, to, uh, it's a way to upsell people to, to, to you know, again, you need, they need money. They, oh, they need it so bad. Give them money. What, what was my cutout money for? Where did that money go? Did you spend it already? You know, you, you convinced me not to get a cutout. And in hindsight, I would have loved that cutout. <laughs> You'd have had to go there and pick up a cutout version of yourself and brought yes. it home in your car. And I would have had it on the wall behind me right now. And, and you would have got. It would have confused got, people in my work meetings. You would have gotten a ticket because you would have put it in the passenger side of your car, but you would have been pulled over because there were only two people in your car. They were both you, but you need three people in the Bay Area in order to be considered a carpool. So it actually saved you some extra money. <laughs> um. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> can I can I say about this four one five thing? So Giants fans are Northern California people. They are not four one five people. The Giants dominate the market. There are more Giants fans in Oakland than A's fans. There are more Giants fans in San Jose than there are Giants fans in San Francisco. So calling it the four one five is almost exclusionary. The majority, the super majority of Giants fans do not have 415 area codes. As I have a 510 area code. I have a 209 area code. So the 415 means nothing to me. I'm not from Novato. I'm not from San Rafael. Like, I don't care about the 415. That does nothing for me. Right. Um, But also, how do you feel about that group existing and having those special seats or whatever? I haven't even figured out what it is. It's fine. It's fine. But I saw people sign up and I, I read over the, the benefits that you get. And I was like, no, I'm good. But it's another money grab, like the cutouts. It's a money grab. Yeah. All right. So coming up, the Giants, uh, let's look at the next, the next couple of weeks. The Giants are going to New York. Um, they're playing three games at the Mets, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thomas will be there for two of those games. Unfortunately, Finities no longer exists. Sad. That's okay. Finnerty's um, was in Manhattan anyway. Uh, the game's in Queens. It's not like you can right, but, post game around it. Really. But wouldn't you have gone and like met up with Giants fans or something? I, I'm going to the game, Danny. <laughs> okay. Uh, then they're going to Atlanta for three games. Then home Milwaukee for four games. Home Dodgers for three games. That takes us through two weeks. So that is six games on the road, seven games at home. What do you think they do in those 13 games? I'm going to say nine and four, okay. which would be pretty reflective of the team's performance lately, which I'm going to, I'm not going to lie to you. They haven't been very good the last two weeks. They've been good. Their record been, has been good. 
They've been making it happen. But the team has not been great these last two weeks. This has not been the best two-week stretch of the season. Uh, And I think they've played worse than their record reflects. So I think that they are going to play better than they've played now and go nine and four. So just to be clear, what you're referring to as them playing uh, being good but not great is their 15 and five record in the month of August. Correct. I'm mostly talking about the last week, week and a half, as far as the quality of play. The wins are there. They're winning series. Yeah. They're they're still stacking up wins and winning at a high percentage. But I don't think their play has been up to snuff, especially right. on offense. I could see them playing better and actually winning fewer games. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. You know, nine and four kind of plays right into it with where I'm at, with where the team is at uh, behind. Oh, I can't even think where they're at batting right now, which is not great. Pitching has been great. Batting has not been great. I think the batting improves, but it doesn't necessarily lead to them going, you know, 12 and one or 11 and two. So uh, what do you think we see? Are you going to call it a series win sweep, anything like that? We're going to sweep the damn Mets, And then what, everything that happens after that is gravy. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the Giants are going to take two out of three from the Mets. I think they're going to sweep the Braves. Wow. Aren't the Braves one of the hotter teams in baseball? Um, maybe. Yeah, I think you just made a bold prediction without knowing it. Well, I know that Acuna is out for the year. That's old news, buddy. Yeah. Oh, they, okay. Look at that. They're in first place. <laughs> I, no, I'll double down. They're going to sweep the Braves. Um, and you, then, just, you, you know what you sounded like there? You sounded like a fantasy baseball guy. Nah, the Braves don't matter. Acuna's out for the season. I mean, he, he, he's pretty good. Um, I think they take three out of four from the brew crew and our old friend Levon and, uh, um, and one out of three against the Dodgers. Oh, okay. So that's where you're going to scale back on your yeah. operation. So what is it? That's two, five, that's nine and nine and four, eight, nine and four. Look at that. <laughs> and so we're going to come into this into our next episode depressed because they'll have lost two and three against the Dodgers, but everything before and, that was great. And somehow gone nine and four and lost ground in the division. I mean, that would just be. Yeah, can, can the Dodgers just lose, please? We're being hunted. We, <laughs> we are the most dangerous game. All right. Well, um, so those are going to be fun. We certainly hope the giants uh, giants can build up some lead. The, the Dodgers, they're just going to stop winning, right? Can we agree to that? No. Okay. Well, anyway, tune in hopefully two weeks from now, and we'll check in on how our predictions did. Uh, he's Thomas Todd. I'm he's Danny, Danny Sarchi. I don't know. I, I was waiting for you to say it. He's Thomas Todd. I'm Danny Sarchi. He's Danny Sarchi. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. All right. He's Thomas Todd. I just told you I wasn't going to say Sarchi. it. I'm Danny Sarchi. And we're Giants fans. Go Giants. Go Giants.